But there was to be no Mozart that night. No sooner had I fished out the remote control for the CD player from my ever-growing collection of remote controls, only after the radio started blasting and the TV sprang to life against my wishes, than the doorbell rang. Two neatly dressed men were at the door. They asked if they could speak to me for a minute. I explained that I didn't need a magazine subscription, more insurance, or a new religion, and that it was a bad night to ask for a donation no matter what it was for. We don't want to sell you anything, and we didn't come to ask for a donation. We have a few questions concerning Ms. Celine Bergkamp, if you don't mind. They both waved plastic ID cards meaningfully under my nose. That was a mistake, because right before they did that, I had realized that I felt rather lonely and would have welcomed some company, even if that had meant subscribing to some magazine. But thanks to the ID cards, I was on my guard. Who can I call to verify your credentials? Just dial 226-570 and ask for the officer on duty. He will confirm our identities. Normally, I'm rather gullible, so perhaps my reaction was due to Celine in the coffin. I'd rather you told me who sent you. I'll look up the telephone number myself. After some page-turning, I found the entry for Bundesamt für Verfassungsschutz, the German equivalent of the National Security Branch of the FBI. The phone book showed the address of the Berlin office, and yes, 226-570 was indeed the correct phone number. For some reason, I found it comforting to live in a country whose intelligence service was listed in the phone book. Did they also have a website with photos of all their employees? Or at least an image of the employee of the month, whoever had nailed the most terrorists lately? In any event, when I dialed 226-570, I was assured that the gentlemen in my home, Yablonsky and Waldeck, had indeed come to see me on official business and that the Federal Republic of Germany would appreciate my cooperation. The Federal Republic of Germany, for her part, hadn't shown a great deal of cooperation when I was anxiously looking into Celine's disappearance in Iraq. But I was interested in what these gentlemen wanted to know and what they might tell me. They were still standing in front of my door, looking at a sticker showing two fat-nosed cops that said, Sorry, we have to stay outside. Celine had put it there long ago, and after my experience with Chief Inspector Zarnowski the year before, I had made a point of leaving it there. When I finally asked them in, Yablonsky and Valdek looked around with more than mere professional curiosity. I knew the look. A plumber who had checked a dripping radiator last month had put it like this. Interesting to see how a doctor lives. He was probably just as disappointed then as the gentleman from the Verfassungsschutz seemed now. What did people expect? An after-hours operating room in the kitchen? And a legal drug laboratory? Gold-plated faucets? Yablonsky helped himself to the next-to-last Kleenex on my desk and blew his nose at length, apologetically murmuring, Pabsitises. Perhaps he was hoping for some free medical advice. In vain. His colleague, Valdek, started right in on the interrogation. What exactly is the nature of your relationship to Ms. Bergkamp? This struck me as a reasonable question. I understood that the two gentlemen had to weigh carefully just how much of their knowledge they would share with me. Then again, how much did they already know of my relationship to Celine? Or for that matter, how did they know about our relationship at all? When I asked them, their answer was evasive. But of course, they knew about Celine and me.
After all, I had been a near-constant guest at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs ever since my last contact with Selene, when she'd called me from the Turkish border before crossing into the Kurdish part of Iraq. The same undersecretary there had assured me on countless occasions that the Federal Republic was doing everything possible, but... Selene Bergkamp and I were friends. Just friends? Very good friends, close friends. We have known each other for years. But you didn't live together? No, but surely you know that Celine lives just across the street. I mean, lived. Close friends, for years. I understand. Apparently not, judging by his next question. And why weren't you married? The question remained unanswered. Had these two in fact been sent by Celine's parents? I had to smile at the thought. I was pretty sure that when the Verfassungsschutz fed Celine's name into their computer system, a little red light had started blinking. Years ago, Celine's parents had thought of themselves as revolutionary, 